I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. Today we're talking about something that Brian and I have been personally discussing for a couple of months now. And it has gone in a very interesting direction with us. And I think it's something that a lot of you listening may be thinking about as well or may be considering in the future. So we're going to talk through polyamory versus swinging and really where you land or where we land, I should say, on uh, those topics. We need to say a very big thank you to our partners, altplayground.net is an amazing non-monogamous lifestyle site. It is the perfect place to go if you want to learn about non-monogamy in general because there are things like the podcast corner with many podcast partners, us included, and also things like the video corner where you can really dive into what the site is all about and different lifestyle topics. And we have a community there. It's under our other podcast name, Front Porch Swingers. We'd love if you'd come say hello to us. Head on over to altplayground.net today and check it out for yourself. And a very big thank you to Promescent. They produce some amazing wellness bedroom products that we personally use, that we have sitting next to our nightstand as we speak, and we'll probably use them this evening. Who knows? One of the ones that we have been talking about and love personally is the Delay Spray. It has an amazing absorption technology that allows the penis-owning half of your couple to put it on, wait about 10 minutes, and then you get down to the fun without transferring it to your vulva-owning, or I should say any other partner. And And it uh, will help you last a little bit longer, extend that sexy bedroom time. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So head on over to promescent.com, that is P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com and use our promo code FRONTPORCH for 15% off of your order. So before we get to our topic today, I want to talk about a sex in the news. And this one is blowing up, at least in our realm. And I think part of the reason for that is because we are in correspondence with a lot of folks that use OnlyFans. Yes, we are. If you are not familiar with what OnlyFans is, it is a site that allows you to connect with your followers and to provide content to them. A lot of the content is sex-related, but that it is certainly not only sex-related. And we personally have an OnlyFans for front porch swingers, and it's a great place for me to, I guess us, I should say, not just me, but for us to really explore and be able to kind of share our sexuality with our followers in a different way, which is really fun. And... A young lady named Bella Thorne got on and kind of kind of ruined it all for us. Yeah, she shit the bed for everybody, pretty much. Yeah. That's what she did. She she got out there. You know, this is someone with the following. Obviously, she's popular. I had never even heard of her before this. So because, Bella... You know, I'm 50 years and I don't have any idea who she is. So... Um, <laughs> we should explain who she is. Bella yeah. Thorne is an actress. She has been in the... Hollywood scene for a long time. She did some Disney movies early in her career, I believe. She's been kind of in the spotlight since she's about 15. And she's a beautiful woman. And she has really developed kind of a cult-like following given her appearance because men kind of lust after her or people in general lust after her. I guess. I had never heard of her. (laughs) So I'm not not into the Hollywood scene. I guess I don't really know who's who anymore. So I had no idea who she was. Well, she also makes movies that you wouldn't like. They're very kind of, you know, not 
serious films. Let's put it that Shocking. way. That's a nice way to put it, I think. Yeah, that would that would explain a lot. Also, what she did was incredibly harmful to people, you know, to not just sex workers, certainly, but anyone who, as you said, who has a platform on OnlyFans. They have now changed the way folks uh, that use OnlyFans are going to be compensated. Okay, so you're getting ahead of it. we got to back up and tell the whole story here because it's okay. too good to not share. So Bella Thorne gets on OnlyFans and people are losing their minds because nobody huge on in Hollywood has an OnlyFans. Sure. For a long time, it's been a platform that people kind of make fun of, right? Well, because the perception is that it's predominantly for sex work. Well, it is predominantly for sex work. Yes, but that's why, obviously, big name people, typically you're not going to find on something like OnlyFans. Yeah, no Meryl Streep with an OnlyFans page. Right. That's not a thing. Yeah, the (laughs) perception, of course, is that you're going to see nudity and, you know, kind of a sexually oriented kind of space. Right. So she gets on there. People are losing their minds. The first 24 hours, she makes a million dollars. The second 24 hours, now in the first 48 hours, she's up to $2 million in earnings, obviously breaking all sorts of crazy records. Nobody has ever done this before. And I think I told you when you said to me, this woman made a million dollars in 24 hours. What did I say? I don't know. What did you say? This was going to be a problem for everyone. Well, it wouldn't have been, except that she decided to throw out a pay-per-view message. So basically on OnlyFans, you can send a message to your followers that says, hey, if you want to see this content, pay whatever amount I'm asking, and then you see the content. Right. What Bella Thorne decided to do was throw out a pay-per-view message for $200 in which she said, if you want to see me nude, pay this amount and you'll see me nude. So a ton of people, I don't know who these people were spending $200, but somebody, somebody, lots of somebody's got on pay $200 and saw not nudity, but her in pieces of lingerie. So uh, it was disingenuous for sure. Uh, not just disingenuous, it was a scam. Right. And so a lot of people were very upset and wanted their money back from OnlyFans. And That's only where the fans, problem lies. OnlyFans was forced to credit them back because it was fraudulent. Right. And what happened then is because so many people had done it, OnlyFans was hemorrhaging money because they have all of these crediting fees, uh, processing fees that they then had to pay in order to get the $200 back to everyone. So OnlyFans went, well, we're not doing this ever again. This was a horrible thing that happened and we want to do everything we can to avoid in the future. So now they have limited, for example, your pay-per-view message can only be, I think it's $50 Mm -hmm. instead of... I don't think it had a cap before. Right. And you now have to wait 30 days to get your funds instead of seven days. So before people on OnlyFans could get basically a weekly paycheck. Now it's monthly and those funds have to sit for a 30 day period so that OnlyFans is not as likely to have chargebacks. Well, what's interesting, of course, you know, my background is, is different. I come from the adult entertainment management world and operating adult entertainment type locations and events. This is not something I'm unfamiliar with. I told you this was going to be a problem as soon as the chargebacks happen. The minute you get a chargeback, a company gets a chargeback, your credit card processor raises a red flag. And what's going to happen to OnlyFans, if it hasn't already happened, is they're probably going to have a problem with their credit card processing company. That company may just say, you know, we've had enough and uh, you have to find somebody else. That's a problem for people. Yeah. So here's the even bigger problem. Bella Thorne then comes out and says that she wasn't really even on OnlyFans for the purpose of being on OnlyFans. She was doing it 
as a way to research for a movie in which she was going to play somebody who had an OnlyFans account. And yeah, this was, she was, she was, she was researching. Is she, what was she was researching doing. a role. Yeah. And in doing so, she endangered the livelihood of hundreds of thousands of I think content. It was over 400,000 people, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's how many people have OnlyFans accounts. Now, right. I will say, to be fair, there is a very small percentage that are making their full paychecks off of OnlyFans sure. or the majority of their income off of OnlyFans. Even that being said, it's horrible that somebody decided to manipulate this platform for the purpose of, you know, selfish gain, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's disgusting. I'm so upset about this whole thing. I've been talking about it all day. I'm sure you're so tired of yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I, I'm not, it bothers me, of course, because it does affect me. And I don't like anyone affecting our ability to earn a living. I don't, it's, I, I don't like that in any way, shape or form. And this was the one place where there was no, you could go here and it wasn't restrictive, like a lot of platforms are. Right. And what this gal did was went in and really screwed it up for people. You know, the one place where you could go and, and kind of be, you know, be yourself and your sexual self, if that's, you know, the, the right way to put it, I guess, and explore yourself. And, and here you go, somebody comes in, they do this kind of bogus deal to, quote unquote, research for a movie. I don't imagine she's given any of that money back since this wasn't real. But you just screw it up for everybody. It's just that simple. It only takes one person. Yeah. One incident like this, you just screwed up everybody's livelihood. I think it speaks to a much larger issue, which is a lack of respect for sex workers. Oh, it's not. Just, oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's also a lack of awareness. This girl, like, I mean, you just said it. She's been in the spotlight for 10 years. She has no sense of what is real and what isn't. Right. You know, her ba her balance is way off. You know, her moral compass is completely skewed. She has no idea what a, a, someone who's working as a sex worker who has an OnlyFans, what that person has to do and to sacrifice and go through to earn a living. So right. now they have to wait 30 days. You know, listen, you're talking about folks who have real life issues, yeah. you know, kids, responsibilities. You know, you just cost them money is what you just did. That's just not okay. Well, for a lot of these people, she's actually forced them off the platform altogether. Sure. I mean, there were certain people that were relying almost entirely on high paying pay-per-view messages mm -hmm. that are now not being able to rely on those things. And, you know, I do think that people will be able to pivot and figure it out. And, you know, we're resilient as human beings. But the fact that anyone has to because some selfish Hollywood starlet came in and, and, and wanted to ruin it for everyone. And, of course, she didn't want to. That wasn't her, her goal. But well, she just did it without even giving it a thought. think about it. No, it was not a thought in her mind. Once again, her sense of right and wrong is completely skewed. She has no idea. Reality is not a thing for her. You know, she doesn't think that, oh, I'm going to destroy the lives of 200,000 sex workers because I'm going to inhibit them from being able to earn, you know, what they normally earn. I'm going to get in somebody's pocket. It doesn't even occur to her. Just, it's, a, it's a level of selfishness I have no time for, Yeah. which is probably why I don't know who she is because I don't get into that I, Hollywood crap. I don't care. Yeah. I do hope that it brings a little bit more light to OnlyFans as a platform. I think if nothing else, I mean, Twitter is exploding right now with people talking about OnlyFans. There were so many people on a thread I was on that were like, oh, I'd never even heard of OnlyFans before this. So maybe there's some positivity to come out of it. I don't know. I but think there's more negative than positive, unfortunately. And did I read that correctly that she said something about she's now going to She's going to be in contact with OnlyFans and she's going to talk to them yeah. about reversing these things and send her messages if you have any questions that you want to ask the people of OnlyFans. How, I mean, how arrogant do you have to be? What a narcissist. Yeah, she's so got to come only, save all the sex workers that she yeah, 
effed over. Well, not only did you screw everybody up, had you not got, had you had you not done this, you there would be no issues. But you went ahead, did this damage, and now you have the audacity to think that you're going to fix it for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ballsy, is what it is, and com- you are completely disconnected from reality. Yeah. I mean, that's truly what it is, and it, it. I hope everyone sees this for what it is. So basically, in summation, Sex in the News this week is that Bella Thorne is trash. <laughs> Bella we are not just, a fan of Bella Thorne in I, this house. <laughs> I didn't know who she was, and I'm certainly not going to help her out now. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just you, you can't do damage. You can't do harm. To, listen, you don't have to agree with people. You don't have to like each other. You don't even have to be in each other's space, you know? But what you cannot and certainly should not do is interfere with someone making a living. Right. And once you do that, you've crossed the line, and I can't be bothered with you. Yeah, I, I just I can't get inv- I just can't do it. You know, I'm not going to allow anyone to dictate how we earn a living. You know, well, it's not okay. you don't have a choice in this. Well, case. B- but I mean, I, I won't be party to you. I'm certainly not going to you know, do anything to help your cause. Right. You know, I have no use for you. Right. You know, I mean, I, you know, it doesn't matter what she does from this point forward. She will ever be known, at least for me, as the woman who, you know, ruined ca- only fans. Ruined only fans <laughs> and caused, caused hundreds of thousands of people an income. Yeah. You know, to be fair, she did not ruin OnlyFans. It's still a great platform. We really enjoy being on it. Yeah. But she forced, uh, she forced everyone to adjust. For sure. Unnecessarily. At least a lot of people. Very have to unfairly. Yeah. You know, fortunately, we were not doing that kind of work, that kind of you know, that kind of business. But uh, you know, still, it's not okay. Not okay. No. So, Bella Thorne, she's yeah. xed out in this house. Yes, we she don't is. mention her name again after today. She's persona non grata. Ugh. Okay. So, moving on from our little rant. <laughs> As mentioned at the top of the show today, we're going to be talking about polyamory versus swinging because it is something that... Well, is it versus, though? That's a conversation we have to have. Okay, let's start there. I don't know if it's versus. I really enjoyed the conversation we had with Ruby, who uh, we interviewed. Ruby Johnson. Yeah, Ruby Johnson. We should say is the CEO of Poly Dallas Millennium. Correct. She was interviewed on our other podcast, from Porch Swingers. Yes. She is a polyamorous therapist. She is, and she is polyamorous herself. Yes. And we will be speaking at her event, provided that event is actually still taking place in November. Yes. And I really liked what she had to say. She had a lot of fun things to say, not the least of which is, why do I need to put myself in a box? I, I just like to have sex. I don't need to put myself in a box. Right. And that's, I feel, we feel the same way, obviously. And there are a lot of people in the ethically non-monogamous space who have this same conversation that you just started with me, which is swinging versus poly. I don't think they're versus one another. I, as I've thought more about it and thought about where you and I potentially, I, I don't want to say end up, but where our journey takes us down this road, I, I certainly believe that it ends or culminates with polyamory because swinging is poly. To some degree, I don't think you can argue that. You can argue it. We can certainly have that conversation. But I believe that you have to have a a polyamorous component built in in order at least to play the way we play in the ethically non-monogamous space. Not everyone, but certainly for us. Okay, so let's back up because we have people listening that may not understand the difference. And I want to explain that in very quick detail. So for for the majority of people, swinging is... You and your partner are engaging sexually with other people, but you are not doing so in a romantic way. You are engaging with them physically only. Polyamorous people see it very differently. They are willing to go out and experience people in a more romantic 
capacity. Uh, a lot of times that includes dating multiple people. And polyamory can look like a million different things, but the core of it is that you are romantically involved with more than one person. Yes, uh, and we can take it deeper. When it comes to swinging, the purists, let's call it, believe that swinging, quote unquote, is couple for couple. Right. Heteronormative couple for heteronormative couple. That's what they believe. We do not subscribe to that. We believe that regardless of the couple, whether you're a gay couple, you are a, 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 a two men, two women, whatever you're, you know, whatever, however you decide to identify, if you are a couple of any kind and you play in the world of ethical non-monogamy, whether it's with couples or single people, you're a swinger. Right. And so then you get into other areas of ethical non-monogamy like polyamory. And as you intimated, polyamory really lends itself more to the emotional connection as much as the physical connection. And under most circumstances, everyone is familiar with one another. In other words, if you and I were a polyamorous couple and we had polyamorous, other polyamorous partners, all of those partners would also know one another. It, that, not but that always, but That's yes. not always the case. But again, the purists would tell you Everyone knows one another. Everyone's certainly aware that there are other relationships. And if you are, the way it's perceived is that if you're in a relationship with someone and then you're in a relationship with other people, all those people need to be part of that conversation. So there's something to that as well. I don't know necessarily where you and I fall on that line at this point, but I do believe that we are headed toward the culmination of, we're going to, you know, we, we end our journey, let's call it in polyamory. So let's discuss our, the beginning of our journey in terms of consensual non-monogamy, because when we began, we were very strictly in the lifestyle sphere as in the swinging sphere. Wait, wait uh, actually, no, we were, we were, we started out in ethical non-monogamy at the furthest end of the swinger spectrum. We started out playing, I should say you started out playing as a hot wife with single guys. With zero emotional connection. Zero. No emotional connection. It was simply physical. It was a sexual encounter and that was it. And very strictly, in my opinion, then a swing dynamic. Yes. To the point that, I mean, we even had rules about how long I could spend with- We had a lot of rules, as most couples do when they still, when they first dip their toe in the water of ethical non-monogamy, right? You start out with a, a scroll of rules and then you end up with, you know, half a scroll and then you go to 10 and then you go to five. And then by the time it's over, you've got a, you know, you got two basic rules. So many of the rules that we had in the beginning were specifically geared towards limiting contact with other partners. So for example, if I was going to play separately from you with a single guy, I had a time limit. It was, okay, you need to be home at 8 p.m. You're leaving at six. You need to be home at eight. You have this two hour span where you are specifically going there to engage in sex. You are leaving and you're coming home to me and then we are reconnecting and we are showing each other intimacy via our reconnective sex. Right. And that was the, our recipe and it worked for a long time. Well, and yeah. it was fun for a long time. Well, if you remember, as we we began, so so to, to go back, we started having a conversation about opening up our relationship about three or four months into our relationship. And the the day that we started talking about it, 10 days from that point is when we had our first encounter. You had your first encounter. And during that 10-day span, we talked a lot about what it was going to look like and what our rules were going to be. If you remember, very early on, it was only going to be oral copulation for you. Yeah. It wasn't even going to be full penetrative sex. Right. So we ran the gamut, right? We went through all the possible scenarios until, you know, here we are today. And 
And now our sex life is very different from what it started out, well, from what it started began to look like anyway in the beginning. So yeah, there was a there was a lot of a lot of rules, and uh, you know now here we are. So. I think the pivotal changing moment or time, I should say, is when I really started seeing a regular play partner. And I started, I wanted to be around him more so than just one sexual encounter or a couple of sexual encounters. I wanted it to be that ongoing thing. Well, and we should also say that after talking to to Ruby on our show and during the show, actually, we asked her some questions, some very pointed questions. And, and she made it clear that she believes that we're poly at this moment, largely due to what you just talked about. We mentioned to her about our regular playmates, particularly your regular playmates, some of whom you've had for you've been friends with and been playing with for over a year, year and a half for with with one particular and a year with another we just learned or just realized. That in her mind, that's a polyamorous relationship. We have now engaged in a polyamorous relationship, the three of us. Me because I'm your partner and of course he is your play partner. But because we don't, you don't just play with him. It's not just sexual encounters. We've had dinner with him. We've had drinks with him. He's been over our house for a barbecue, completely, you know, vanilla kind of stuff. That's a polyamorous relationship in many people's eyes. So we're there already. But is it? Sure it is. It is in my opinion. Absolutely. Okay. See, and I think that's where it becomes very gray because... Well, yes, but if you... It, <laughs> it becomes it is murky. Well, it's gray, but it depends who you're talking to, right? Because if you talk to hardcore base swingers, right? Like like the purest swinger. If you lay out that scenario for them, you're poly. If you lay out that scenario for someone in a polyamorous relationship, they might go, eh, you're skirting the line, but maybe you're not quite there yet. You know what I mean? Well, that's where I see us. I see it as we flirt with the line. Yeah, I agree. I do not consider us a polyamorous couple. I don't consider us a polyamorous people at this point because to me the well, difference well, why tell me why the difference for me personally is that i am not romantically interested in any of the people that i'm having sex with i love them as people and i think that they're amazing and i'm very glad that they're a part of my life and your life but for example if they came to me and said hey i want to seriously date you none of the people that are in our world right now fit that mold for me. Well, let's talk about that for a moment because there's a, there I, for me there are reasons why that can't that won't happen or can't happen. Our plan of course our life is going in a very different direction. We are getting on the road for example. We are selling our home and we are we are moving. We're going to travel for the next year. We're going to be on the road for the next year. So our playmates already know that. The idea that there would be a romantic relationship at this point would be difficult because we're going to we're not going to be here anymore. We're in our home, our hometown. We're going to be leaving. We'll be returning at some point, but not necessarily to live, certainly. So I think it would be difficult for any of them to sign on to a relationship, a polyamorous style relationship at this point. It's but you're talking logistics and I'm talking feelings. Oh, but no, but I am as well. Because let's let's remember, none of the relationships None of the play partners that we're playing with currently are regular playmates that have become very close friends of ours who will likely be our friends for life. None of the relationships with them started out with, hey, there's the potentiality that at some point we could be polyamorous. Those That conversation never took place. They all started the same way under the guides of we want to get to know you, certainly want to continue a friendship, but this is a physical relationship. Right. On the, on the surf, you know, the, the base of this relationship is the physical. So while we're, we have those vanilla times with all of our regular playmates, the conversation of becoming a regular thing or a polyamorous kind of arrangement, we never had that. 
So I don't think any of them are really would even think that that would be something that's possible at this point. Agreed. And I am not romantically interested in any of them. I've right. hung out with them in non-sexual settings and have enjoyed myself, but there's no feelings there. Well, that's something we have to talk about because I think part of that is because of our relationship. I don't have those feelings for anyone. Not only do I not have those feelings, I don't even know where I'm going to find them. <laughs> okay. Because What do you mean? Well, because you have you use up all my feelings. I don't even See, know where I'm going to find that's those a problem. feelings. Yes, it is. Anyone in the polyamorous world will tell you that like your feelings are not a finite resource that you can just because you <laughs> i guess it's not a percentage it's not a pie right you're not taking like okay you get 75 yeah, percent of you the get pie, a sliver you get, you get 20, a sliver yeah, yeah yeah that's not how it works i'm it's with an you infinite resource i'm with you but i also I, listen i i am a, i'm convinced and again i go back to ruby because i really like her whole how she conceptualizes sexuality in general but why do I need to be put in a box? Am I not polyamorous if I don't A? Am I polyamorous if I B? Like, can I choose? Is it? I want it to, to be like a like a Chinese buffet. I want to have. I want the egg roll and I want the the, the mushu pork. I don't want to be able to just have one dish. Well, but you know, I don't think poly. I don't think poly. I don't think much like swinging. I don't think poly can be any one thing. Of course, it's defined. I get that there's a definition, but I don't think that anyone has the right to say, well, you guys aren't poly because you don't share the same level of feelings for other people that you do each other. I don't buy that. So you do consider us a polyamorous couple right now? I do. I do. Yes. I think that there are... So who do you have feelings for outside of me? No one. And I don't have feelings for anyone outside of you. But our behavior would speak to us having polyamorous components. At the very least, I believe that our actions say that we have the capacity to be polyamorous. That is, I think that's a perfect way to put it. We have the capacity to be polyamorous. Yes. I do not think we are polyamorous. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you believe that we have the capacity to do that, which, mm-hmm. uh, listen, I, I've talked about this, I don't even know how many times, I'm not sure if we discussed it on this show, we certainly did on our other show. I know that that's something we have to consider because I, again, am 20 years older than you are, and at some point, I don't want you to feel like you're missing out on anything when I'm 70 and you're 50. We have to have a conversation, a very real conversation about bringing someone else into the fold, whether that's a male person or a female person, whatever the case may be. But or non-binary or whatever trans it, it doesn't or, matter what what whatever you know you decide makes sense or we decide makes sense but do you not at some point think that that is realistic that 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 you will at some point in our relationship go huh this feels different with this person this i think this could be something i think i have the capacity for that yes i think you know you're saying you don't know how you would develop feelings I have for somebody no else idea. I know that my heart is open to other possibilities. And I think part I think part of the reason that we're in different places with that is because you are so understanding of whatever it is I want to do. You are the least jealous person I've ever met in my life, as we discussed on our last episode. You are somebody who truly wants my happiness and puts that first. And that's such a beautiful quality about you. I don't necessarily always share that quality. You don't say. (laughs) I'm kind of selfish. And I do sometimes want to keep you all for myself, not sexually, but emotionally. And so the idea of, 
I've thought about this a lot. The idea of you meeting someone, you know, we, for example, you've been talking to a woman that may come to our town and hang out with you. Obviously she doesn't live here, but it has me thinking like, well, what if we ended up in her town or we ended up somewhere and you were playing with somebody and you developed feelings and you came and told me that I think it would hurt. And let me explain why it's not as if I think that means you're going to love me any less it's more so because I would have no idea what that means for us and how we would, how, how it would change our lives. Well, I guess maybe I need to, uh, we need to clarify some things. So as it pertains to us bringing a third person into our lives, into our relationship, I think that that's going to come from your side predominantly, not mine. Why? Well, because for the main reason I just spoke of, I am 20 years your senior. I do not want you You do realize to be alone. it's 20 years until you're 70, right? You can have a polyamorous relationship during I'm, that 20 I, years. Listen, I, not, I am well aware of that, but I am also aware of the fact that I don't want to wait 20 years for you to start bringing on another partner for the future. That would be a mistake. I think there has to be a, a you know, life has to be built over time and a relationship has to be built over time. Sure. So to wait until the, you know, to the final moment doesn't make sense to me. It's something I think we need to start looking toward and that's going to come from your end. I don't believe that in, as we move forward, I don't see me making that decision. I see you making that decision. Well, it doesn't have to be either or. We could both make that decision. Okay, but think about how that decision looks, right? Because I have in my mind what I want for you, selfishly, down the road. Again, when I'm 70 years old, you're 50, you're still raring to go, you're my age now, you know? And I don't want you to miss out on any of the the fun stuff. So I know what I want to see for, for you and a partner, Maybe it's you don't want it necessarily you're not seeing the same things, but we would have to come to some agreement as to who that person's going to be, right? There's going to be a, like we're going to have to say uh, like uh, you got voting power. Yeah, I mean I don't want to <laughs> say I get a I get veto power here, but it is going to be someone that's going to be part of my life as well. So it is gonna, part of the, of the conversation has to be are we in agreement? But I think the the lion's share of that responsibility falls on you, and and you're the one that's going to have to say I think this person is right for us. And I, I think I, I can, I'm starting to have feelings for this person. And I think this could be our, you know, our person. So devil's advocate, we are talking about not placing ourselves in boxes right. and not defining things definitely and allowing room for the gray area. Yeah. And yet you are saying that in your head, a polyamorous relationship looks like me finding someone else to engage with and you not being able or doing the same yeah i don't necessarily see me doing that but i certainly see it coming from your end yes okay i'm not putting myself in a box i'm not saying that that can't happen but you are but the, putting yourself in a box but the You're likelihood saying. of that happening i think is i think the proclivity of the of you having that happen is far greater than for me i don't see me being the person that comes to you and says hey i think this could be our our person because i'm having feelings for this person that's going to come from you not from me well it also doesn't have to be our person i mean in a perfect world i would love for us to get to a point where if you wanted to date someone completely separately than from me you could now i'm not there right now there's still a lot of things that i need to work through in my head a lot of shifting in terms of my mental state and my my opinions on things 
I think it's a it's a growth thing for me personally. I have a lot of personal growth to do before that would be a good situation for us. But I want us to get to that point. And the reason for that is because I think that you deserve, just like I deserve, to have experiences. And I think, you know, one of the things that we talk to people about who are in the polyamorous world a lot, and the re- one of the main reasons people are polyamorous is the concept of one person cannot be everything to you. Now, I can be a lot of things to you. I can. I think we have an amazing sexual con- connection. We're best friends. We have a lot in common. But there are certain things I would never be able to provide for you that you may need to find in someone else. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a dirty thing. I think it's a really kind of beautiful thing if you think about it like that. Yeah, but I don't think that's even so. Like, I couldn't give you a list of those things. There are no, I don't have, I couldn't even, I couldn't name one of them. Not right now. What if 10 years from now you do? You know, what if one day you wake up know. and you're like... This is something that I feel like I need. I guess my point is, I don't want you to ever wake up and be like, this is something I want or need out of my life and I can't get it because I'm with Brenna. Well, I don't know that. Well, once again, though, as I said, I I don't know that there's that thing. Like anytime you and I have ever thought, well, I want to go, I want to experience this. And we have expressed that to each other. We have met that request with eagerness. Like we jump right in hip deep. We have never denied each other anything. So I don't know that that exists. Okay, what if it's more of like a personality thing? What if I'm not super, um, let's say, what's the nice way to put this? I'm cerebral. I'm a very deep thinker, but I'm not a serious person. Like what if you wanted to sit and have hours long conversations about very deep, intimate things over, you know, a glass of scotch on a regular basis? And that was something that you felt like you really wanted and needed out of your life. I can't provide that for you. I'm not that person. I, uh, yeah, but is that so? Is that going to be enough for me to want to bring on another partner? What if she's also amazing in bed on top of it? Bonus, but <laughs> is it something? I mean, is I? I guess my point is, it's going to take a lot more than that for me. For sure, but what I'm saying is, I don't want either of us to limit ourselves in terms of what the possibilities are of our lives. I feel like there's. Well, that's so my many... whole point with you. I don't want you to be limited. But I don't want you to be. <laughs> But there's a much greater chance that you will be yes, than I, understand I will be. And why you're saying that. But at the same time, I feel like there are so many people that are living in, let's call it vanilla monogamous relationships, who wake up every day wanting something and not being able to get it. And I never want you to have to feel that yeah, way. Yeah, but let's, you gotta, you gotta also remember that, and I know you know this, my sexual history is pretty pretty complete at this point. It, if I didn't, if, if it was just a situation where I was never going to have a different experience from this point forward in my life than I've already had, I would probably be okay. I mean, I've had a lot of experiences that, that you've never had. You could live off the memories. Yeah. Like my brother says, I can live <laughs> off the memories. Yeah. So for me, I don't think of this that way. Like I don't think... When I think of us bringing on partners, additional partners, I don't think of it for for me personally as I'm going to need to bring on a partner who's going to need to be explorative in, with their sexuality and really, you know, creative. And I, I, I like I'm not looking for some, some kind of sexual connection. I don't. That's not necessary for me. We that's have also that. not polyamory. I'm talking about a I mental connection. But when it comes to bringing on a partner, one of the components that I would not necessarily need is that like that's not you a don't requirement. Need another freak is that what you yeah, say? Totally not a requirement. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't go in that direction. Right. Right. For me, when I think of you with someone else, I think of someone else that's going to be just as lively, that's going to be just as inquisitive, 
someone that's going to be interested in all the things that you're interested in and that can bring some newness to your life, some things that I haven't been able to bring necessarily. Well, please don't take this the wrong way, but I would actually want to find someone who's very opposite of you. Well, yeah, for, no, yeah, for sure. I think I, I think that's the key, and I want I want you to be with someone who has the qualities that I don't have, and for and me, that's, interests that you don't have. Yeah, I mean, for sure. The other thing is like there are things that, and this is how I think of it. Maybe the same taste in movies because your taste in movies is terrible. So I think right you need, back at you. I but. think you need someone like that really would enjoy <laughs> cinema with you, for example. For sure, and there's also things that I love doing that you will not do with me, and I don't blame you for that. That's who you are, but those things are important in my life. Like karaoke, for example. Like going to karaoke <laughs> or like line dancing. Uh, like those are things that I love. They feed my soul, and I don't do them with you. You. Right. Well, we've never so, done those things, yeah. So, I mean, those are those are examples of things that I would look for in another partner. Well, you know, I, I think that's part of why I believe at some point we will end up in that in that world, uh, much largely, much much more so than we are right now. Because we're not polyamorous, right? Well, now. <laughs> yeah, you keep saying that, but we certainly flirt with it. There's no question about it. You just had, you know, we just had your friend Aiden over. Uh, you know, we've we've known him now over a year. It, time flies, but it's been over a year. You know, our other friend over a year and a half. Sure. You know, absolutely. I still stand by even if we were staying here and, for example, Aiden asked me out on a date, it w- I wouldn't go out with him. That's, I mean, I would go hang out with him, but it wouldn't be a romantic thing. Yeah, but see, I think that's an unfair statement because at this point, I feel like that conversation, uh, we w- that conversation is moot. With all of our play partners, I think that that conversation would be odd at this point because of how the relationships started, where they are right now. If we had had a conversation in the beginning... Oh, so this is interesting. So what you're saying is if we were to enter into a potentially polyamorous situation, it would not be able to start out as casual sex. It would need to start out as a romantic I think it would endeavor. Need to, I think it would need to start out with the possibility, the potentiality of it becoming a relationship. And, and I don't think under very strange circumstances, extreme circumstances, I think we could turn a... Rela- turn a a sexual relationship like we've got right now with our friends into a polyamorous relationship under very extreme circumstances. I do, however, believe that if when the time comes and we say, okay, just like right now, right? For example, we have some criteria we go through when we're looking for play partners, whether it's couples or singles, whatever. We have a, you know, you got to check all the boxes, right? So to speak, as we call it. Sure. When it comes time for us to decide, okay, I think we're ready. You decide that we're ready. For the to go to the next step, you know, you're, you're emotionally prepared for that. We're going to have a list because we have lists for everything, <laughs> and it's going to be okay when we venture out into this, you know, this space and we meet people. We have to let them know up front. This is kind of where we're headed. What we're looking for. If this doesn't work for you, we totally get that. We're just not your people, and I think that's something we'll have to do because if you had had those conversations with these folks up front, or we did then maybe your opinion right would now would be different now maybe you would be dating one of our playmates one of your regular playmates but that conversation never took place so those relationships didn't form that way yeah you know i think we're we're a little past that that's very true i think that's a good point so we also talked with ruby about the concept of swally which is yeah (laughs) it's like you don't really fit into either camp you're not a swinger and you're not polyamorous so what are you you're swally right we're right in the middle (laughs) and i think i personally see that's 
where we're at. I don't consider us part of either camp. Well, no, I do. I consider us part of both, which is why I think we're swally. <laughs> I think we play in both. I mean, we spend time in both of those camps. Listen, we have our couples friends, right? We we love our friends, our couples, and that's our swinger life for sure. And then you've got you and, and our single male friends. That's the hot wife life, no doubt about it. You're in a cuckoldress situation with one of our regular playmates, one of your regular playmates. We have a female playmate, regular playmate, and which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But we run the gamut. We are in all those spaces. So, I mean, you could call it whatever you want. You could try to categorize us, I guess. But I think Swally is probably the best way. I think Ruby put it the best because <laughs> we're in both on both camps. But I do think that a, a percentage of people in the polyamorous world would look at it and go, eh, you've got some polyamorous tendencies. I do. I just think it would be, I think it's possible. I think I want to reserve the term polyamorous for when it when I actually have feelings for someone. I well, guess maybe that's part of it for me too is it feels like something that's kind of special like so if you, that is what we eventually want to work towards and that's the goal then I want to reserve us saying we are polyamorous for that first time that I really get butterflies with someone. When so what do you think that looks like? I mean, how do you, can you even like compute that in your no, mind? No, I have no idea. I know I would, I mean, I would, of course, would never hide anything from you, but I would be nervous to tell you. Is that I what don't you think mean? you could hide it from me. No? No. Interesting. Why do you say no. that? Well, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Let's, let's go back a little ways because you say, and we had this conversation with Ruby also, I believe, you say that you don't have those feelings for our Regular friends, our play partners, our friends, your play partners, our regular playmates. She asked you a question. She said, well, what if met another, you know, you, you put two of your play partners together. No, type you asked thing. me that question. Oh did, oh, did I ask you? Yeah, you did. And I said, what if, what if we introduced like our female playmate and one of our male playmates and they hit it off and you were like, oh, I don't know if I like that. Yes, I don't like it. Yeah, why though? Because it's like a visceral reaction, right? You're like, uh, but that's my partner. Yeah, but know? I don't think it's a romantic thing. I think, I like I told you that's when we talked thing. about it, I'm selfish. Yeah. It's kind of like... Because he already has another partner. It's kind partner, of like the so toy, like a kid having a toy. And you don't then, want to share it. Yeah, someone else trying to come up and play with my toy. It's like, no, that's my toy. Of course, I'm not actually saying he's a toy, but you understand what I'm saying. It's yeah. that idea of like, that. this is mine. Don't take it from me. Right. But don't you agree, though, that because you have that kind of, you had that visceral reaction, that it's likely that you are going to... You could form feelings for someone else, given that you have that kind of reaction? I already know that I could potentially ha fall in love with someone else. So how does that look? When I mean, how do you feel like I that looks that when you have to tell me? I think that person has to be really special because I think in order for me to actually broach that subject with you and know that it will literally change our relationship forever, it would really have to be something that shakes me to my core. So this isn't so just So is that like, a conversation you have with that person before you have it with me? I don't think so. I think I have it with you first. You sure about that? No, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> you tell me. I don't know. I, it, that to me sounds like a conversation like, because if it were me, I feel like how this conversation would go would be thusly with this other person. Hey, here's the deal. I feel this way about you, but before we go any further, I need to have a conversation with Brenna about what this is going to look like if we take the next step. You know what I mean? Like I would have to have that with you first. And then if you said to me, yeah, don't like that idea at all, 
then I have to go back to the other person and say, hey, eh, sorry, that unfortunately, uh, <laughs> you have false alarm. <laughs> um, yeah, this isn't going to work kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's a conversation that, you know, the, the bulk of that conversation I would have to have with you first. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to, listen, I can't wait till you try to come to me with that because it's going to be written all over your face. You can't hide anything. So I I, I will know You'll instantly. probably know before I know. Oh, for sure I will. I think you'll know before I know that it's real and that I actually care for someone. Yeah, I'll know 100% before you do. Or I'll know 100% at least before you admit it. Right. No doubt about it. Yeah, I'll probably say it to you. I'll make it easy on you. And I'll, I'll probably tell you, hey, it's pretty obvious that you've got some feelings for this person. What do you, where, where do you see this going? <laughs> yeah. Just, just kind of, you know, I'll, I'll give you the assist. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you in advance. Yeah, I'll have to do that. So I also think we should talk about this coming weekend. Yeah, this, and that's part, the large part, in, in large part, why we decided to have this conversation today. So one of our, our female playmate is coming uh, to stay with us for the weekend. Hannah's coming to see us. And she's going to spend the weekend. She lives in an adjacent town, a couple, two and a half hours away. And as I said to you, this will be a real good, for us, a really good test of what it's like to have a third person in our space. Now... It's only the weekend. I get that. <laughs> but what I think a lot of people probably, the, 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 probably the biggest misconception maybe that people have about us, because we were very open sexually. We have a lot of regular playmates. We engage, at least you know, pre-COVID, we had a very healthy uh, sex active. life, active you know, lifestyle sex life with our friends. It's difficult for people to understand just how connected to each other we are and how we cherish our time together. So when we're not engaged in lifestyle activities, let's call it, we're just constantly like attached to each other's hip. Yes. So whether we are out to dinner or out for a drink or whatever we're doing, we're directly next to each other. We're constantly touching one another, not in a sexual way, but in a loving way. Like if we're sitting at the bar, our hand, my arm is around you. You're, you know, we're always in contact with one another. And this is going to be a real interesting test of what that looks like with a third person. Because as we talked about, one of the reasons that we know you have some of those gut check moments, like when I grabbed Hannah's hand before she, you know, to keep her from slipping on the ice. Now we're on the couch, let's say this weekend, we're watching a movie, one of your terrible movies, I will acquiesce. <laughs> and we're sharing a bowl of popcorn. I'm going to imagine myself situated between the two of you somehow and probably in contact with both of you because I wouldn't want her to feel left out. Right. What does that look like for you? Oh, I think now I'm fine with it. You do? I really do. Is it because it's Hannah? A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's because I like her. I trust her. I think she's a also delight. been a friend and a playmate for a year. Yeah, and I know. also like having sex with her. So right. Yeah. Let's I, be clear. I don't uh, selfishly. I don't get to just spend all the time with Hannah. We do both play with Hannah together and separately. Right. So yeah, I mean, so that's a situation where you know I I want to make sure up front that I'm in the safe zone. You yeah. know. Because the last time I touched her in any other in any way other than sexually, you got like, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. And to, and to be fair, I was not upset that you grabbed her hand. No, you were just... I you needed to digest it. Well, you, it was also a shock to the system. You'd never seen it. Exactly. I had never been not intimate or not... I had not been sec, non-sexual with someone in that capacity before. You've seen me have sex. Up to that point, you would see me have sex with a lot of women. But never attempt to be... Almost date like 
where I would, I reached out for her hand and helped her across this patch of ice. And, you know, you never saw that. Opened her car door. Yeah. You yeah. never saw that kind of chivalrous behavior from me anywhere other than the bedroom with a, with a woman. So it threw you off. Yes. You know? So now, of course, again, you know, we're hanging out. Uh, you got to imagine we're going to be snuggled up on the couch, all of us. And I'm going to be in contact with both of you probably. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it at all. Okay. I think, in fact, I think at this point it would be endearing. I think it would be nice to see a different side of you with other people. Because here's the thing. I love the way that you treat me. The, you know, you're very, very sweet to me. You're always so thoughtful and and gentlemanly and i think the way that i've now like been able to wrap my head around it is like when you do those things for other people that's a beautiful thing and not when did you well you've you haven't really seen me necessarily do that for other people but just in small doses no and but i have i mean multiple times with hannah now you've pulled right. your, her chair out for her you've helped put her jacket on you've held her hand over the ice all of those different things the last time that we saw her when we were sitting on a patio and having dinner and drinks with her you went and pulled her chair out for her it was just it, like I said, gentlemanly sweet things. Well, yeah, but also I want to make it clear that is an that's an action that I would take. Those actions, forget the physical, but for the moment, if we're sitting down to dinner with your sister, or with my mother, or whomever the other you know female person at the table would be. I would behave the same way. You're not understanding the point of that. Though. I know, but I don't. You're want not to... having sex with those people. <laughs> exactly, that, but that's my point. I don't want. To, I don't want anyone to get the impression that I'm only doing it because Hannah's providing me with sexual pleasure. Oh no, 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 no! That's not the case. No, I'm saying for me personally, the two together is a very different experience. Yeah, for sure. And now that I've been able to see it and really wrap my head around it, I see it as like a beautiful thing and not something that I need to get all worked up about. Right. Uh, yeah, I get that. All right. So let's let's, let's flip it a minute. So. Hannah's here this weekend, and next weekend, it's Aiden. He comes and spends the weekend with us. Now, the roles are reversed. Now, it's you in that pivot position. You're in the middle between the two of us. How do you behave? Well, specifically with Aiden? Any, I'm just saying in general. I do don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Well, you can answer it for me. <laughs> uh, I think... Are you feeling weird about it? Yeah, it would feel weird. Yeah? How so? Because I, th I think it's different because it's you with two women who are also sexual with each other. Okay. I think that okay. that... Well, okay, well, hang on now. Myself and another of your play partners, we have all three of us played together, the focus of attention on you. And then we were we would all lay in bed together afterwards, both of us touching you simultaneously. But that's not necessarily strange because it was a sexual kind of interaction prior yeah i don't know i don't know how to answer that i think it just has to be one of those organic things that you feel out i know that for me personally i would feel weird like touching up on someone with you sitting right there because you think i would feel weird no or because, because it would make me feel weird how so like like you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing kind of yeah like it's like taboo and strange see that's that, and that's the that's part of that that's part of the human psyche right it's one of those <laughs> things it's like both of us have no problem watching each other Engage sexually with it with someone else. <laughs> right. Not only do we not have a problem with it, we thrive we on it. We love it. Yeah. So then you pull the sexual aspect out of it. You put us on the couch watching a movie, and it's like, do I touch his leg? I mean, it's going to be weird. Like, is it really weird based on what we've seen each other? You know how we've seen each other act before. I yes, mean, it it is weird. And here's the difference: sex is a very animalistic type thing to me. Like yeah. I think of it in my brain as 
a pl- it's just about the pleasure. Right. And so that is very different than intimacy. It's very different than showing affection for somebody. Okay, so when we're sitting on the couch, Hannah is on one side of me, you're on the other. Hold on, let me put it this way. It would be less weird for me if <laughs> if we were sitting on the couch hanging out with one of my other play partners and I just got on and started like riding him versus <laughs> me kissing him in front of you. Okay, that's an interesting take. So with that frame of thought, we're on the couch, I'm between you and Hannah. I reach over and, and just start feeling her up on the couch. What, what my, you know, my arms around you and I'm just feeling all over on her. That's totally okay. It would, feel, it, would, it would feel different to you than if I was just holding her hand. Yeah. Or if my arm were around her like it was yours. Yeah, it would be different. I'm okay with both. But it would but be different. But you prefer that I were feeling rough. Oh, of course. Of course. Because it would turn me on. That's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Well, I don't and know. And I think to me, that's proof that sex and feelings oh, they're very different. can be completely divorced. Oh, they're very, listen, we talk, we talk about this all the time. That's We have these conversations with uh, you know, with vanilla couples that are not in the lifestyle. They're thinking about getting in the lifestyle. They don't, they don't quite understand it you know, in, the, in our coaching world when we put our coaching hats on. And it's, it's like, listen, you have to separate. They're, feelings are one thing. Sex is another. You do not have to be in love with someone to have sex with them. That These two things are, they're divorced from one another. Well, and also just because you're engaging with sex, or engaging with someone sexually does not mean that you're going to develop feelings. For Correct. Them. And that's the, I think that's the part that, the biggest part that people have the, the disconnect with, right? Like you're having sex with someone, you must be, you must have feelings for them. No, not right. the case. Right, right. Just not the case. We've known couples, we've, we've coached couples who, were not intimate for a long time, but loved each other very much. So there's the the rub, you know? Well, hours. and so I think we need to just, well, let's just say this. So our friend's coming. She's going to spend the weekend. This for us is going to be a test to see how we behave, how each of us inter- re- reacts to one another, being around a third person. What it's really, honestly, I think the biggest thing for me, it's not the sexual component. It's not the emotional component. For me, it's how does someone else live in our space? You know what I mean? I agree. How do they fit into our space? Right. Does, am I sitting on the couch? Hannah just plopped down right next to me. You put your, you lay down next to her and we're just, everything's cool. Not a word is spoken and it's comfortable. Like we can do that. Can we get, is that something that's going to be okay? Are we going to have a weird kind of, you know, is it going to be a weird vibe? Like this isn't real comfortable. Don't know how I feel about this. That's going to be, it's going to be telling. And listen, we also haven't, we did not discuss what our sleeping arrangement is going to look like. So there's a possibility that we'll be in the same bed. That could be very weird because you and I sleep on top of each other, basically. I don't know how that works. I don't either. It's going, I'm just curious as to how you react. I know how I would react if it were, the roles were reversed. I, I know myself well. I know me well enough. I'm just curious how you react to my being as close to someone physically as you, like in a, in just a in, in a normative situation. Again, sitting on the couch, ha- sitting at dinner. I just just want to see how what your behavior is like, so that I can kind of gauge what is and isn't going to be okay. Yeah, you know, it's not a situation we've really found ourselves in before. But it's going to definitely be a nice test. I think to wrap all of this up with a little bow, the <laughs> we've gone in a million different directions during this discussion. And I think that's okay. And I think it's also okay for you as in our listeners to know that you don't have to ever force yourself into a box. We're talking about the term swally. And I think we say that pretty tongue in cheek. 
cheek because the honest to God truth of the matter, at least from my perspective, is that I don't want us to fit into any box. And I love the fact that we have designed a life where we don't have to do that. And I think if you can get to that point as a couple and do the same, that's where you're going to find just all, it's going to be your personal nirvana, the height of your relationship. And if you can get there, that's when all of the beauty starts. Yeah, I think, well, listen, like a lot of folks, we will find, we'll know it when we find it kind of thing. I just want us to be prepared for when we find it and be prepared to have those conversations and know how to have those conversations. Yeah. That's the big thing. Which we've definitely been doing ourselves already. And also, guys, keep in mind, we have coaching services. We love talking to you guys about the things that are going on in your relationship, whether it's potentially moving into polyamory, moving into swinging, a different type of consensual non-monogamy, or if you just want to improve your overall relationship, we're happy to discuss that with you. You can go to sexonyourterms.com and check out all of our services there, as well as a lot of other resources. You can also email us at sexonyourterms at gmail.com. We would love to receive your questions, topics, suggestions, and comments on the show. And also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at sexonyourterms and Instagram at sex on your terms so come check us out follow us have some fun with us there and we really appreciate you guys listening the show is growing and we're really excited to see the journey that we're taking with this and that you guys are coming along with us on so uh let's let's continue it and we can't wait until next time and until then we hope you enjoy sex on your terms